Hi, everyone. How are you? I just woke up from a nap and I got to get this recorded because then I have to take a shower and go out to dinner. <laughs> I'm just not good at planning my day sometimes. I took a tennis lesson this morning. I'm going to play tennis again. Again, as in I played when I was a child and I did fall once by accident <laughs> running for a ball, but I had a ton of fun, which is great. And then I got my nails done and then I took a nap. So like, it's been a lovely Saturday, actually. Okay, so for this week, there's some Team Mom news to discuss. And then I'm going to talk about just like the rest of the Team Mom family reunion. I watched all of the episodes. It, there's a weird amount of episodes. There's nine. They did seven regular season episodes and then they did the reunion. So I'm going to want, I, I'm just going to talk about those easy breezy episode. Not going to do like a heavy recap on it. Just talk about like my thoughts and feelings on Team Mom Family Reunion in general. I When is Team Mom Next Chapter going to come back? When did that go out? Like when did that end? I honestly don't remember. It is interesting. I guess that's a word for it. That for the last five years. Is that right? There's been new Teen Mom on almost every week, right? Like the length of time that we've really gone in the last few years has been what? A month max with no new Teen Mom. So I'm definitely curious when Teen Mom Next Chapter is going to come back. I'm curious who's going to be on that cast. I'm going to talk about it a little more when it comes to the reunion because <clears throat> I think that, I don't know, I don't know, I, I, I'm i so confused as to what happened from the, re, like, the filming of the family reunion reunion. <laughs> That's going to be annoying to talk about in that context, um, to Amber, like, calling and threatening to murder <laughs> I was going to say it's not funny, but it actually is funny. You know, there are so many times where I'm laughing and I have to be like, it's not funny. I'm just laughing because, I don't know, I laugh at bad things to make me, I don't know why I do it. I honestly don't know why. And usually I'm like, it's not funny. It's not funny. But like, it actually is funny that Ashley got Amber so worked up and then got Amber to say. That she would, um, what did she say? I'll, like, gut you? Like, I'll dismember you? <laughs> Something so ridiculous. Oh, uh, so we'll talk all about that, but there is some Team Mom news. A few things happened this week. One, Mac McKee decided to tweet for reasons I, I don't know. I, I don't know what sparked this. I don't know what she watched that discussed this. It seemed very... Like, it seemed like she was doing it because she, it seemed like she was responding to something. That's what I'm trying to say. But I don't really know. <laughs> and I, I didn't see any evidence of her actually responding to anything. So follow me on feathers underscore pod. You'll see not all of the breaking team mom news. Feathers my hair or feathers underscore pod is very much not a breaking news podcast. And it's very much not a breaking news Instagram. I, when I see stuff, I post it, right? If I think it's interesting, if I want it to be discussed on my page, I post it. But sometimes if, if I don't post something really quickly, people are like DMing me and I'm like, I 
I, I this is like feathers in general is not my job, but the Instagram is really not my job. So I'm just like not going to be dedicated to posting on it 24 seven. So here's here's what Mackenzie had to say. She just decided to start tweeting. She said, how am I just learning about the podcast situation with the emoji with the hand over the face? Here are some solid facts, and I will never speak on this again. I made a word choice mistake that was completely ignorant, and I'm not proud of it. Point blank. I did nothing but take accountability and apologize. (laughs) You told the world I continued to say things and unwilling to learn. Couldn't be further from the truth. Had me removed from the show because you were uncomfortable with me, so I was told. Sent me assist and desist. (laughs) Spelled C-Y-S-T. D-E-S-I-S-T. So, (laughs) make of that what you will. Letter, turning every girl against me, posting a photo with... That cuts off. With me missing title, my favorites, bully behavior. Everyone showed up for Amber's court. Nothing against her at all, just saying... But where were you all when my mom died? And then me being off the show was not good enough. I can't even be on a podcast. I'm shook. Grief, divorce, and what I went through with that show was literal hell. I went through so much counseling to get through that season with one girl on the show and only one checking in on me. So to see the continued bullying and leaving out, not holding everyone accountable. I've stayed quiet well sure quit but she meant quiet i say quiet for a while to get through all of it but i think but i think it's time everyone actually holds mtv accountable don't forget they use my mom's storyline and once she died off i no longer mattered especially if i didn't agree with their political agendas when they have when they have never once sat and listened to where i stand where my views and my heart is they pretend to care about mental health but the show when the show wrecked mine and I did some hard-ass work no one even knows about to recover from. I didn't see how toxic it truly was until I was on this side of things. Why would I care when I was in it? They paid me. Of course no one cares about how unfairly I was treated, but I will end with this. I am so happy my mother got to use her last breaths To share with you all a powerful message that God loves you, kindness matters, and you are important to this world. And at the end of the day, I stand for nothing but love to every cast member and even MTV. All right. Mackenzie McKay, I I don't know. Did Cheyenne mention this on the reunion? I watched the reunion episodes and I don't remember Mackenzie McKee being brought up. So I don't, maybe I missed it, which is really possible. You know, things get missed. Things get missed when you're watching a teen mom show. Nobody can 100% pay attention to a teen mom show. But let's break down some of this. Okay. Um, I, I, I don't know how many times I can say that Mackenzie saying that she made the wrong word choice, that she said the wrong thing, um, will never be sufficient for me. She shared an extremely racist post which implied that a black woman only has her career because she fucked her way to the top. No, 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 no. It also accused her of murdering babies via abortion and like stuff about imprisoning black men to try and pretend like they actually care about 
about black men. It was a racist post full stop. It was. It just was. And I'm so fucking sick of her pretending otherwise. Two. She says she made the wrong word choice because remember she said that uh, Kamala Harris was colored and she meant to say person of color. But like in that comment, what she was actually saying was that I don't think any people of color should look up to Kamala Harris as a role model because why Mackenzie fixed her fingers because she didn't actually say it out loud, fixed her fingers to say who she thinks people of color should look up to will be will always be beyond me. That's a racist comment for her to make in the first place. Because who the fuck is she to talk about this? Mind your fucking business, Mackenzie. Mind your business. You have no right in saying who, I think it was specifically women of color. I think she might have said colored women. You have no right in saying who women of color should or should not look up to. Who the fuck are you to say that? Get out of here. You shared a racist-ass post and you were a fucking racist in it. So get the fuck out of here. You were then continuously racist and weird and said weird-ass shit about Cheyenne. (sighs) I guess they did, because that's why Cheyenne doesn't like Ashley. I'm sorry. I watched, like, six episodes of these right in a row. So it's all a little blurred in my head. So I really apologize, but... I know that the reason that Cheyenne does not like Ashley is because Ashley had Mackenzie on her podcast after all of this had happened and Mackenzie had, didn't, what did she say? She said that Cheyenne was an angry black woman, basically, like, and Josh, she like relayed stuff Josh had said that was really awful. It's so, it's so ridiculous. Also, the idea that Mackenzie was bullied, like, shut up, like, grow up. You're a fucking loser. I'm going to bully you, Mackenzie McKee. Shut the fuck up. Like, shut up. Also, like, you were not kicked off of this show because of Cheyenne. You were not. Cheyenne does not have that power with MTV. She full stop does not. I will never believe that she does. I will never accept that. Now, is it possible that Cheyenne said she didn't want to film with Mackenzie? Sure. For sure. But it's not like MTV doesn't accommodate that. We, they accommodate that all the fucking time. People are constantly refusing to not film with other people. They didn't want Mackenzie McKee on the show anymore because they didn't like her storyline once her mom died off, as she said. Which is a really fucking weird way to say that your mom died. I know she's saying it in the context of, like, a TV storyline, but it's weird. It It's weird. I cannot stand. I cannot fucking stand that Mackenzie acts like MTV found out her mom was dying somehow. She has no idea how they even found out. They called her and were like exploiting her and like convincing her to come back on TV. And they took advantage of her and they used her mother's sick, her mother's uh, cancer as like a, a way to convince Mackenzie to come back on TV. And then when she did, they said, fuck you and fired her. Because that is not what happened. I, unfortunately, was following Mackenzie McKee in the few years leading up to her coming back on Teen Mom. And that bitch was desperate to get on television. Desperate. She was trying to get the spot first when uh, Brianna joined, if you'll remember. It was between Brianna and Mackenzie. She was really upset she didn't get that. She would post 
uh, 72 to 900 Snapchats a day. I remember I used to like sit and watch her Snapchat stories. It would be the end of the day. I'd be in my bed. I would be like, okay, time to watch these. And it would take like 15 minutes to watch all of her Snapchat stories in 10 second clips. Like she posted so fucking much. She tried to become a YouTuber. She was trying to be an Instagram influencer. She wanted to be on television. So she's acting like, oh, I didn't even want to go on this show. And MTV like convinced me. And then my mom died and they just didn't want me anymore. That's not what happened. It's just not what happened. We all know that that's not what happened. Because if you follow Mackenzie, you know she was fucking desperate to get back on this show. What? Why do we need to hold MTV accountable for the way they treated Mackenzie McKee? What does that even mean? What does she want us to do? There are 800 million reasons to hold Mackenzie McKee accountable, like to hold MTV accountable, right? Like there are so many reasons. There are so many reasons we should not support MTV, especially when it comes to the Team Mom franchise. But for kicking off Mackenzie, I'm supposed to be upset? I, I don't, I don't, I really don't get it. Also, like, she's like, oh, I'm not even allowed to do a podcast now. It, you're allowed to do whatever the fuck you want. And Cheyenne is allowed to not like Ashley for you doing it. There were actually no consequences to Mackenzie doing this podcast, right? Like, there was not a single consequence to that. So, I like, what? Who really cares if Cheyenne doesn't like Ashley because of that? That has nothing to actually do with you, Mackenzie. It has no effect on your life. She's just mad that people are remembering that she was a fucking racist. Because she was. Because she is. I'm actually genuinely shocked she didn't mention her black boyfriend in these because I think that she is the type of person who would do that. I just... (laughs) She just drives me insane. MTV wrecked my mental health. Baby girl. Baby girl. You have been mentally ill for a long fucking time. You have serious, sometimes debilitating mental health issues. You tried to kill yourself after your youngest son was born. It You've had actually, I believe, multiple suicide attempts, all pre you coming back to MTV. You refused to go on medication. You refused to do therapy. And look, I get it. I'm not blaming Mackenzie for her mental health. It's the fucking saddest thing in the world. I've always said that she was like too fragile to come on this show. If you guys will remember when it announced she was coming back, I was like, I'm really fucking worried about her because I don't think she has it in her to withstand being on a television show because you cannot be on this show and have a healthy life. You can't like you. The amount of thick skinness it takes to be on a show like this where people are following your every move. People like me are trashing you on their podcasts, the Instagram comments, the Reddit posts. Like, that's a lot to deal with. A lot. And most people couldn't handle it. And I have always said I was extremely worried about Mackenzie coming back for that reason. Because Mackenzie's not really likable. It's She's just not. Her husband, was, her ex-husband, was fucking awful. Her mom was insanely mean to her. 
Like, there was actually not that much likability in her segments, and I kind of knew she would not come on and be a fan favorite. And I was really worried about her living her life on display for all of those people. And this just goes to show, like, that's what was happening. And for her to blame MTV for her mental health issues is just, it's just beyond. Like, you you have a mental illness. Did MTV exploit that? Yeah, because they exploit everybody's mental issues. That's how they get people on reality TV. Like, most people who go on reality TV have mental health issues because you have to in order to agree to be on television. Because the majority of people would never want to be on TV, right? Like, most of us have no desire to be on reality TV, especially in the context of, like, sharing our lives that way. No. Not only am I way too boring for it, first of all. The the Reddit comments would be like, all she does is lay in her bed, watch TV, go on TikTok. Like, people would tear me apart because I'd be so fucking boring, like, my, my life is so boring. It could truly never be on TV, even at the height of my craziestness. Like, I would never have made good television. So besides the fact that nobody would ever put me on reality TV, I wouldn't want to be on reality TV because I don't seek that type of attention in my life. That's not an attention that I want. And to want that type of attention, it usually implies that there's some stuff going on. Not always. There are plenty of people who have been on reality TV that are mostly fine, right? Like, We know that to be true, but most people who are attracted to the idea of becoming famous in the first place, and especially reality TV famous, have some mental health issues. And so they're always being exploited on these shows. So sure, I'll agree that MTV exploited her mental health. Absolutely. A hundred percent. But they do that with everyone. It's not a Mackenzie McKee specialty, you know, like they didn't. Is her last name even McKee anymore, do we think? Is she being Mackenzie Doty again? How do you say her last name? I don't think Doty is right. It's spelled D-O-U-T-H-I-T. I don't remember how it's pronounced. Doty is Kristen Doty from Vanderpump Rules. If you like Vanderpump Rules, you should go to my Patreon, patreon.com slash Liz Explains. And you should listen to the Vanderpump Rules episode I did a couple of weeks ago. Uh, This week, I did an episode on Jeff Lewis, who is (laughs) one of my longtime favorite hate follows, except I don't hate following doesn't doesn't really sum up what I think. He's somebody that I enjoy to follow, even though I think he's like an extremely bad person. And I've been following him for what, almost 20 years at this point. (laughs) I'm pretty sure Flipping Out came on in like 2005 or 2006. So I've been following Jeff Lewis for a very long time. Um, and then this week upcoming, I'm doing, stole, is it called Stolen Youth? or so? I think Stolen Youth, which is the Sarah Lawrence College documentary series that's on Hulu. I read that Sarah Lawrence article back when it came out. Something to know about me is that I like love long form articles. Princess Jones Curtis and I really have this in common. Um, I love a good long form. I love it. I love like a a twisty, turny, look at these fucking freaks long form articles. I mean, really, if you want to look at some fucking freaks, go read some long forms. I believe this one was in the cut. Yeah. Uh, one somewhere who does incredible long form work is Texas Monthly. I don't really understand what Texas Monthly is. I mean, 
It's a monthly periodical magazine, I guess, out of the state of Texas. But they do such good long form work. Um, Obviously, like all of the New York Mag, the Cut, all of those do them as well. But I read that Sarah Lawrence one and I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. And then I kind of kept up with it. I saw that he was convicted. I would like go back in and check on it occasionally. I saw that the documentary had come out on HBO Max. There was a documentary somewhere recently and Princess was like, it was good, but I don't know. It wasn't like that great. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'll watch, you know, I'm going to watch it eventually. And then she, I, she was like, oh my God, this thing on Hulu is like so much better. And now everybody's talking about the Hulu show. So I'm going to cover that. I haven't started watching it yet, but I know that it is particularly harsh. I... I don't mean to brag, but I would never have fallen for Larry because I don't like dads as a concept. (laughs) I grew up with a not very nice dad, so I find dads confusing. Um, I find their presence confusing. I also, in general, just like don't love people's parents being around. Like when I was in college, the last thing I fucking wanted was somebody's dad to be in my dorm. I know I would not have liked that. I would have been annoyed by that and I would not have fallen under Larry's trap. Now, is it possible somebody could get me to join a cult? Yeah. I'm not saying that I'm like, I couldn't be recruited for a cult. Of course I could be. I think most people could be under the exact right circumstances. I just know that somebody's dad, mm -mm, that would not be how you got me. I'd be texting all my friends like my fucking roommate's dad won't leave. he's fucking weird. I, I feel uncomfortable. I think he's abusing her. Like, no, I would not, I would not have been in, uh, Larry's cult. So I'm doing that. Patreon.com slash Liz explains. It is the end of the month right now. So you might want to wait until the first to sign up, uh, because that's just how Patreon works. Okay. Is that it for talking about Patreon? Where was I? Mackenzie McKee. Right. I just am, I'm just so fucking tired of Mackenzie McKee getting on her little computer and being like, this is the last time I'm addressing this. I said the wrong word. Because if she had any actual accountability, she would be like, I shared a racist post and then I made a racist comment. She keeps just focusing on the wrong word choice. Oh, she drives me so fucking nuts. Okay, let's talk about the rest of the news right after a quick break. So the next thing to share is that Nate Griffin Griffith, Griffith, that's how you say his name. I always want to say Griffin and it's because of Kathy Griffin. You know, like Kathy Griffin is a mainstay in my life. Um, I did do an episode on her, not to plug the Patreon again, but Troy and I did an episode on Kathy Griffin, I don't know, maybe a year ago at this point. We are both um, people that were heavily influenced by Kathy Griffin in our early adolescent ages and have essentially, like, shaped a lot of our personality and uh, sense of comedy around her. (laughs) She's not a perfect figure by any means, but she was one of the first people that I saw talking about pop culture in a way that, like, really, really felt like that's me. Um, so go, f- you can go find that if you're a patron. Uh, but that's why I always think of Nate Griffith, Griffith as Nate Griffin. Okay. 
Nate was arrested for domestic violence again. He was in Delray Beach, which is in Palm Beach County. It was Delray was 20-ish minutes away from where I was living, about a little less than an hour outside of Miami. He got arrested for strangling, once again, as he does, strangling a significant other. Now, I haven't really been keeping up with Nate. I find Nate horribly depressing. Um, The last thing that I was like, found myself like really interested in when it came to Nate was his ex, Ashley. I, I was just kind of obsessed with her. Like, I don't know. Something about her was so intriguing to me because she was like an addiction specialist dating an incredibly bad alcoholic. Um, she like went to court with him when that woman got the stalking restraining order against him. Ashley was there in court with him. I found her life to be kind of fascinating. Uh, But once they broke up, I feel like I haven't really been keeping up with Nate that much. I do remember he got that DUI because he was found like passed out in his car a couple years ago. Was that pre-COVID? It might have been pre-COVID. And now I know he had gotten married within like the last year. The woman's name is May. I know very, very little about her. But she does live in Miami, which is, I'm assuming, how he got to South Florida. Because he is from, well, he's from Ohio, actually. Then when he met Janelle, he was living in South Carolina. I believe his mom lived in the Myrtle Beach area as well. His mom is now in Tennessee. And I think that's where the DUI happened because he was over by his mom's. Um, Ashley lived in like the Tampa area so that the Tampa area is like northwest Florida and now he is in what would be called South Florida um, which really means like the southeast Florida so far like he's not near Ashley. Uh, They're saying they're calling it a girlfriend that he assaulted so I don't know if this is his wife And it's just not good reporting because I don't know if anybody's going super into detail in this, right? But basically the story is that he choked a girlfriend, which is something that we know that he does. This is what TMZ said, obviously major trigger warning for domestic violence. I don't think there's been another update since, but... Not that I've seen, at least. Okay, it says, according to TMZ, the alleged victim is Nathan's current girlfriend. Nathan was arrested after he allegedly choked his girlfriend and dragged her up the stairs. Delray Beach, Florida police responded to a domestic disturbance call Friday from Nathan's brother-in-law, William, who claimed Nathan told him on the phone he lost it, choked his girlfriend, and dragged her up the stairs, TMZ reports. After his call with Nathan, William texted Nate's girlfriend to see if she was okay. When the girlfriend said she was not okay, William called the cops. When the cops arrived, Nathan was uncooperative and had some noticeable scratches on him, which he claimed he received while having sex with his girlfriend. Cops reported that Nate's girlfriend appeared to have been crying but was being uncooperative with the police at first. Eventually, though, she told the cops that Nathan had gotten physically aggressive with her and stated that she had blacked out at some point during the alleged incident. She said she was unsure what happened due to blacking out. She didn't specify if the blackout was caused by Nathan allegedly choking her, though. However, cops stated in the police report that they noticed noticed bruises starting to appear around the girlfriend's neck. They also reported that she eventually told them, I'm 100-some pounds and he's 250. How in the hell am I supposed to get him off me? 
Okay. That's horrific. It's a little confusing, like I said. Brother-in-law, I'm not sure who that actually is in this context. Um, I'm assuming it's probably the girlfriend's brother, but maybe they're just calling him the brother-in-law for clarity's sake, or the girlfriend is his wife and the brother-in-law is related to the wife somehow. I kind of doubt it's one of Nate's brother-in-laws, like from his, I think Nate has two sisters. He has at least one sister because she was like giving interviews at some point, but I'm 99% sure he has two sisters and a brother. So I kind of doubt it's one of those because why would Nate be on the phone with him? It would make more sense if he was talking to somebody related to the victim because this man was able to contact the victim directly. So I don't, I don't really know. I guess we won't find out like who the victim is unless she decides to come forward because she deserves anonymity. That's how you say anonymity. I can't say it. I'm going to move on. But she deserves to have privacy (laughs) as a victim of a crime. Um, So yeah, I'm not really sure who William is in the context of Nate's life, but good for him for calling the police because clearly he knows that Nate is a monster. Um, the fact that she blacked out, I, I to me, it doesn't seem crazy to think that she meant while he was choking her. That's so fucking scary. I've talked about this a lot on this podcast, that choking is like the number one indicator that domestic violence will turn deadly, which is really scary. Um, it's something like... Once choking is involved in a domestic violence incident, the, like, chances of being murdered by your abuser go up something like 700%, like, some insane number, which makes sense, right, because it shows a level of non-care for the person's well-being, like, way beyond other types of violence that can occur in a relationship. Um, I mean, it's why, like, back in the day, I used to... (laughs) I used to listen to Dan Savage's Savage Lovecast podcast. Like, this was pre-2010, I'm pretty sure. And I used to download it on my iPod. And it was all about sex, obviously, because this is Dan Savage. And he would never give advice on choking stuff because he was like, choking is too dangerous. There is no way to safely choke somebody if that's true, you don't, if that's not true, you don't need to message me. I'm not into choking. I don't need information on if choking, if consensual choking can be safe. But we know that even in consensual settings, choking is incredibly dangerous. Um, we know that people die as a result of like doing that in sexual situations, like the Kill Bill actor. What's his name? David, David Cardone. He, he died like trying to choke himself while jerking off that was that was not great um so we just know we know that choking is incredibly dangerous because it can you can kill someone without actually meaning to do it nate chokes people this is the third incident we know of him choking i'll take you down memory lane through these past cases so The first time we heard about Nate choking someone was actually via Barb. At a reunion, Barb was talking about Nathan abusing Janelle, and she relayed a story 
of while Janelle was pregnant, Nate choked her in front of Jace to the point that Jace told Barb, I thought Nate was going to kill mommy. That's scary. Then, if you'll remember, his ex-girlfriend, Jessica, who he had left Janelle for, she she's the one that got in the fight with Janelle and Janelle threw the water at her and they went to court. Uh, she eventually was on Nate's being Nate special, which I'm pretty sure Princess and I covered back around when it aired. It's a really, that was not, that did not paint a good picture of him. Uh, besides his just actions being insane, uh, they let Jessica get on camera and share her story uh, of Nate abusing her, which I've always actually really respected MTV for. I was glad that they let her do that. But according to her, Nate had broken into her house. He choked her. He had, like, locked her in a closet. It's really awful. I think eventually charges were dropped or, like, I'm pretty sure he didn't end up legally guilty of that. But I always believe Jessica because we know that's something he does. Side step, not, I don't, this doesn't really count as domestic violence. Although I would count this as domestic violence. But you guys know that I have a much broader 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 definition of domestic violence than most people do but at one point Janelle and Nate had broken up and she had Kiefer come over I think this is when she was still living in South Carolina but it was at the very end of Nate and Janelle and she was hooking up with Kiefer again and Nate climbed in through a window and started choking Kiefer and they got in a fight and now you would say why is that domestic violence um, personally, it's domestic, in my opinion, it's domestic violence if someone breaks into your home. If your your ex or your ex-significant other breaks into your home. That, that right there is domestic violence. That is not okay. You, it's the reason why, like, it was not okay for Javi to do it to Kale and why I still supported her going and getting that restraining order against him. We know he did that to Lauren, too. Like, it's just, it's not okay to break into people's homes. I think we can all agree on that. Um, you guys know that I am also a big believer in that basically like any physical violence that is in the context of a relationship is domestic violence. And that includes hitting stuff, anything that makes a person fear for their safety that their partner is doing, in my opinion, is domestic violence. And I definitely think um, your ex-boyfriend breaking into your house via your window and trying to beat the shit out of the person that's in your bed because you are with him is domestic violence. I would consider that to be a domestic violence incident. So I don't know if we would include, like, I don't, I don't know if it makes sense to include that in this conversation, but it is something that we know he does. Uh, so we know he choked Ashley, we, or Jessica, we know he choked Janelle, we know he choked Kiefer. He's now choked out this girlfriend. We also know that there have been other domestic violence incidents with him um that time he and Janelle got in the fight of course the famous my my guy arrest but also that woman who while he was dating Ashley he started seeing her and then when she broke it up he started stalking her I think he tried to break into his house I need to go reread that because I need to remember what he did okay this is what happened according to the sun you know that paper of record. Okay, it says the woman filed the restraining order, says that they had first met Nathan at a local lounge in August of 2018, but the unwanted, unwelcome contact just occurred earlier this year. This was in 2020 that this was happening. Uh, in addition, 
to allegedly sending the woman unwanted messages via social media, Nathan would also reportedly show up at her home. She says that there were that there was an incident in April in which she told Nathan not to come over three times, but he showed up anyways. She called the police to report him for trespassing, and they advised her to follow, file a restraining order. The filing contains numerous alleged text messages from Nathan, including his insistence on coming over to her residence a second time, despite her telling him not to. Nathan tells her that he is already on my way, and she responds by pleading, no, don't come over tonight, let me sleep. Nope, Nathan replied in the text, pulling my crazy card. In another text exchange, Nathan replies to the woman to watch your six, which means, like, watch your back. The woman contacted police, this time citing harassment. She was instructed once again to file a restraining order, so that's what she did. <sighs> And if you'll remember, that's what I was talking about when his girlfriend with went with him to court to respond to said training order. That girl is, she's engaged to a new guy. She looks happy, but she looked happy with Nate on social media. So, you know, <laughs> who really, really knows? So, yes, this is what Nate does. Um, I'm assuming he was drunk in this. He looks like shit. He looks like shit in that mugshot. A fun fact is he is, or he was, I don't know if he's been bailed out because this happened over 24 hours ago. I guess he's been bailed out, but he is in the same jail that Luann was when she got arrested in Palm Beach because Delray Beach is in Palm Beach County and you go to the Palm Beach Detention Center, which is really called, what everybody calls it is Gun Club because it's on a road called Gun Club. (laughs) There's a big road in West Palm Beach called Gun Club. And that's the road the jail sits on. So people will say, like, I went to gun club. <laughs> it's a really wild name for a jail. But he looks so, he just looks so bad. Um, I, I don't know. I saw a lot of people wondering why he was in Delray Beach. Uh, for those that don't know, Delray Beach, Palm Beach County in general is known for being, like, a rehab capital, essentially. That's why I went there. Because I went to rehab, there's a bunch of rehabs and recovery houses and IOPs and detoxes and all that shit. Not to plug my Patreon again, but I definitely did an episode on, like, the corruption of South Florida rehab that I experienced back on my Patreon, I think sometime in 2020. I did it a long time ago, maybe 2021. Um, But basically, I just, like, talked about the corruption that I saw So I saw some people being like, maybe he's there in Delray Beach because he like went for treatment and then he met a girl, blah, 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 which is definitely possible. I would say what's more likely is he met a girl somehow on Tinder, Um, especially if he was living in the Miami area and he set his parameters for like 25 miles. He could have easily come across somebody that lives in the Delray Beach area. They easily could have met in Fort Lauderdale. They easily could have met in Miami. And then he, like, moved to be with her in Delray Beach. To me, that seems more possible. But, I mean, it is possible he went to rehab up there. Um, People go to rehab in Delray. I just, I really hope for her sake that he faces some serious consequences for this. He's an extremely scary person. I would be happy to never hear from Nate again. Okay. The big news. The big, big, big news breaking as of yesterday evening is that Janelle has 
gotten back. That's not really the right word because she has not had custody of that kid since he was like six months old. But Janelle has custody of Jace now. Uh, Barbara filed to amend their custody order. And Janelle will have full physical custody of Jace, I guess. I think that it hasn't been officially decided yet. So I don't know if she's going to have legal custody because she has not had legal custody of Jace since he was a baby. Uh, The schedule that they have now is a visitation schedule. She doesn't have any actual legal say over him. So I'm curious if she's going to be getting legal custody as well. For those that listen to Feathers in My Hair, you should know that I've been saying this would happen since probably episode one. Like, you can probably go back and within one of the first five episodes, I would bet that I think eventually Jace is going to want to live with Janelle. And I don't, it's not because I think Janelle's a good mom, obviously, but I feel like people forget how awful Barbara is. And I have never been a Barbara fan. I think that Barbara has provided Jace a lot of stability, but I don't think Barbara has provided Jace a lot of love um, because if she treats Jace anything like she treated Janelle, I don't think she's a particularly loving person. Um, We know she screams. We know she treats her children very cruelly. And to me, it seemed very obvious or likely that a teenage Jace would probably have some issues, right? Because his mother is Janelle and he was being raised by Barbara. So I'm not really sure how a child could come out of that without significant trauma. And what I always kind of pictured happening would be that he would bounce back and forth between Barbara's house and Janelle's house, where I don't even think she lived on the land yet when I started this podcast. I can't remember. I don't... I don't know if they lived there yet. That was 2017. So they were probably moving there around that time. But I figured Jace would just bounce back and forth between the two homes, depending on his mood and who was being more fun and who was being meaner. And because that's the way that teenagers are, right? Like, that's what teenagers do. I also figured Jace would probably have pretty significant behavioral issues, which... We know how Barbara responds to behavioral issues, and the answer is not well. <laughs> like like I said, if Jace is acting anything the way that Janelle did when she was a teenager, we see how Barbara treated Janelle. I, Jace is 14 now. I believe Janelle is 17 in season one of Teen Mom 2. So she, I, uh, she's he's only three years younger than she was, and if he's smoking pot and getting into trouble... I would imagine she's screaming at him. And if Janelle had had another home to go to, she probably would have. And it doesn't mean, I'm not saying that like there won't be screaming at Janelle's because uh, obviously there will be people screaming at Janelle's house because it's Janelle's house and David is there. But I think when you are a teenager, you don't look at it that way. And also I would bet that when he's there, he has fun. Because here's what I bet he does at his mom's house. I bet he smokes pot. I don't think Janelle's probably at the point of smoking pot with him yet. She's probably two to three years off of that. But like when I was 14 and 15, I had friends whose parents let us smoke pot. I had one friend whose mom smoked pot with us when we were 15. My mom started smoking pot with me when I was like 17. And I could smoke pot in my house. Like I smoked pot with various adults 
throughout my late teens. I mean, it's not good, but like Janelle's a drug addict. She's not going to be making good choices. So I bet he goes over there. I bet he smokes pot. I bet he can have friends over and they drink without Janelle really knowing because I don't think Janelle and David pay any attention to those kids. Um, he has his siblings there, which is probably a lot of fun. They go dirt biking and they go out on the boat. And like Janelle does do fun things with the kids. Are they fun while they do them? <sighs> you know, probably not. They're probably not because Janelle and David are monsters, but they do do fun things. Uh, I would imagine, especially compared to Barb, right? Like Barb is not taking Jace dirt biking like (laughs) I don't think that's happening and so I think that Jace is really viewing Janelle as this like Disneyland hang you know like they talk about like Disneyland dads like that's what Janelle is I definitely think he'll be with Janelle for a little bit and then probably go back to Barbara's if you'll remember a year or two ago Janelle was saying that he was going to come live with her because he was setting fires at Barbara's house (sighs) um which is now the second child that has lived in Barbara's home that has had issues with fires uh, because her son also set the house on fire and burnt the house down. So there's always been talk of Jace like hitting Barb. Jace has had known behavioral issues from a very young age. Once again, how the fuck could you not? It is not his fault. Look at his life. We see how Barbara is. We see how all of Barbara's children are. We see Janelle. We see how Janelle treats people. We see how Janelle treats her children. There's David. We know that David abuses children. Like, Jason's trauma. And it's not surprising. I know he has learning disability issues. He's been on medicine for a really long time. I think he was in special schools for a little bit. Barbara's like 70 years old. Barbara's older than my parents. Like, Barbara is older, and I think she's fucking tired. And she was tired when she was raising Janelle. You know? Like, we saw how exhausted she was when she was raising Janelle. And that was 15 years ago. And I would bet that it's reached a point in which Barbara cannot handle Jace, and so she's agreed to let him go there. And is that in Jace's best interest? Probably not. I would imagine not at all, honestly. Like, I can't, I can't really see a world in where it's in Jace's best interest to live with Janelle. But at a certain point, I mean, we know that her son was sent away um, when he was a child and, like, lived in a residential treatment facility, which I have thoughts about. I think that it should be the very, 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 very last result to send your child to any sort of residential treatment. And maybe it was for Barbara, right? Maybe it was. But we know that that is something that she does. And I really, I don't say that as a knock on Barbara. I say that as a, just the reality of their family dynamics and their family life. Like, we just know these things to be true. And if Jace is being bad and getting in a lot of trouble, and he's 14, he's a teenage boy now. I mean, maybe he's bucking up to Barb. I hope not, but if it's getting violent, um, a 70-year-old woman would have trouble defending herself against a 14-year-old boy, probably. There are a lot of different reasons in which I could see Barbara agreeing to let Jace go live there. Um, Barbara's also a fickle, guys. Like, 
I think Barbara has always wanted Jace to go live there. Because Barbara loves Janelle. Don't forget. Like, Barbara loves Janelle. Does she treat Janelle like shit? Yeah, but she fucking loves that kid. She really does. And it's why she lets Janelle do all of the shit that she does. And, like, get away with it, right? And treat people the way that she does. And Barb still comes in and swoops in and saves the day. And no matter what's going on, Barbara will drop everything to go be codependent with Janelle. And that's why throughout this show, there's always been regular talk of Barbara giving Jace to Janelle. I I hate that language. It sounds like we're talking about a fucking dog, right? This is a human. But that really, that's always been the case. Like, go if you go back and watch early episodes when she gets with Nate, Barb is like, yes, I want you to do better so that, like, Jace can come live here. Because Barb has never wanted to raise Jace. She did not want to do that. She wanted Janelle to get an abortion, is my understanding. And then she wanted Janelle to put Jace up for adoption. And she, she did not choose to be in this situation. You know what I mean? And she probably wants to just be able to live a normal grandparent life. And she's probably exhausted. And I've always seen that happening. I've always assumed that would happen because like I said, like Barbara's an older mom. She looked older on 16 and pregnant than the other parents on 16 and pregnant. Like I feel like anybody that really had a sense of what toxic, violent family dynamics that Evan's family had should have seen this coming. I've always seen people be like, that will never happen. Janelle will never have Jace full time. And I've just, I've never understood why people see it that way. Because we're not talking about, like, what's in the best interest of Jace. We're talking about Barbara and Janelle and their incredibly unhealthy family dynamics. It's just... I don't know. It's just not surprising to me. Do I think, and I think Jace will go back to Barb eventually. And then I think he'll go back to Janelle. And then I think he'll go back to Barb and then he'll run away. And then he'll go back to Janelle and then he'll run away. And then he'll go back to Barb. Like, I, I don't think that there's a happy trajectory for the rest of Jace's teenage years. I hope there is. I hope I'm wrong. Um, I think it's going to be how long he can tolerate living with Janelle and David. And I, Barbara will let him come back. I feel very positive of that because if Janelle wanted to go move in with Barbara today, she could, right? Like, that's what Barb does. Like, Barbara allows. Like, if there's one thing Barb does, it's she's going to let her come, kids come live with her. Um, so I think that he'll always have a space to go back. I think a lot of people are very disappointed in Barbara. And I do understand that, I guess, um... It for me, like, it's hard for me to wrap my head around being disappointed in Barbara over this because I've just always seen this coming and I've always known what a really fucking mean person she is and the way that she treats her children is not great. And I know, like, but I, I hope I'm making it clear that, like, I understand why Barbara does that, right? Like, I'm sure her parents were awful. Then she was in an abusive relationship where her husband was beating the shit out of her. Then she had no money and was working two fucking jobs so that those kids could go to school. And then they were bad and she has no parenting skills and no coping skills. So she just screams and then her kid is trying to hit her. Like, Barbara's life sucks. Barbara's life sucks. And it has. So it's not... I I have a lot of empathy for Barbara in this situation. Like, I'm... Yeah, I know I'm calling her mean and a bad mom, but... I get why she is like that, which is, I don't think Barb's a bad person, necessarily. I think she's a bad mother and always has been, 
but we know that poverty makes people bad parents sometimes. Not always, not always. But we know that poverty is like a really, really, really hard way to live. We know that it is really, really hard to struggle to put food on your table, to work multiple jobs, and sell the fucking energy to thoughtfully parent your children. That's why, like, you know, you see these conversations around gentle parenting and reading parenting books and doing this and doing that. And when you're working 13 to 15 hours a day and still barely getting by, you just don't have the time or energy for it. Uh, When you are having the shit kicked out of you by your husband, it's hard to then turn and be a good parent to your children, right? So I get why Barb is the way she is. So I don't know. For me, this is like not a loss of respect just because I've always seen this coming. And I think that this is such a natural trajectory of where her Janelle's life was going and Barbara's life was going and where Jace's life was going. It may, I, I don't know. I think people were so, have like really held Barb up as something that she's not, right? I saw someone on Reddit say that Barb has always been a safe space for Jace. And I said, I'm, I don't think that's true. I think Barb has been a stable force for Jace. And he is incredibly lucky, all things considered, to have had that stability. Janelle is incredibly lucky to have a mother who is really quite stable, right? Like, even though Janelle was living lower middle class, her mom owned that home. Her mom was home every night. She is not an alcoholic, as far as we know. I mean, sometimes Janelle says she is. But she's not a drug or al- a drug addict or an alcoholic. Um, she goes to work. She comes home. She is around. You can call Barbara, and she's there. Barbara is an access service type of love language girly. Like, Barbara's reliable. Like, if you call Barb and you say, like, can you pick me up tomorrow? Like, she's going to be there. She... She should, she goes where she says she will and she's where she says she'll be when she says it. And Janelle has always been incredibly fortunate for that because no matter how many mistakes Janelle makes, she has a stable figure in which she can go back to. And I think that Jace is incredibly lucky, all things considered, that he's had that because a lot of kids in these situations don't have the stability. They have all of the bullshit of Janelle and Barb types, right? The abuse, the awfulness, the screaming, all of that shit. But then on top of that, they don't have a stable place to live. There are jail, like prison system is involved. There are drugs, there are alcohol. I mean, I think the example is Kate. Like, that's a, okay, this is a very good example. Janelle did not grow up like Kate. Because even though Barb is kind of a monster, she's stable. April is not stable in any way, shape, or form, which had Kate moving every six months. Men in and out of her life. As far as I know, there have not been men in and out of Janelle or Jace's life repeatedly. Um, April, like, couldn't hold a job. She was getting arrested. Like, there was a million things that were unstable about Kate's childhood That does not apply to Janelle or Jace. And they're both very fortunate for that. But the rest of the stuff is so bad. It's so bad. And I don't know how anybody watched those early episodes of Janelle screaming at Barb as Barb held Jace and 
screamed back at her with his little ear right next to her mouth and was like, this is going to go good for the rest of his childhood. (laughs) And I'm also, I think people have trouble accepting that these teen mom kids are almost the same age, which is fucking scary, but true. They're almost the same age as their parents were on 16 and pregnant. Jace, even though we don't see him on TV anymore, so I think especially for Jace, it's like hard to wrap our head around because we really don't see him in that context. We think of Jace as a five-year-old, but Jace is a teenager. I think Jace is in seventh or eighth grade. Jace is going to be in high school soon. Like, Jace's behavior is probably a lot more similar to Janelle's in 16 and Pregnant than it is to cute little Jace at five years old, who the worst thing he was doing was cursing. You know what I'm saying? Like, there are issues. And you know what? I think Barbara did try really hard with Jace. And I think that Jace got the benefit of growing up with more money than Janelle did, which is always going to make a huge difference because poverty is like the number one health crisis in America and mental health crisis. Like the amount of shit that poverty causes is it's everything. It's everything. And Jace did not grow up like that. I mean, I I don't know if I would say that Janelle grew up in poverty. I don't think that's the right word because as far as I know, Janelle always had a roof over her head. She always knew she would have another meal. She got the things that she needed. She grew up the very lower middle class and Jace grew up upper middle class he grew up probably going on vacations and doing nice things with Barbara and in private school. And he had a lot of advantages that Janelle never did. We know he was in therapy from a pretty young age. He was seeing a psychiatrist from a pretty young age. I think Jace got a lot of benefits that Janelle never got. But I just, I, I doubt, I doubt it was, well, no, I don't want to say I doubt it was enough because it probably did make a difference. And who knows what Jace would be like now if he... He didn't have those things. And I also I want to make it clear, like, I don't know fuck about Chase's life now. Yeah, there was talk of him setting fires, but like, was that true? I don't know. Is Jace bad now? I don't know. Sources are saying that Barbara can't handle him anymore, but I don't know if that's true. He could be a mostly fine teenager. He just wants to go live with his mom. That's the other thing. Jace is, for all intents and purposes, like a kinship care adoption. Um, and I, we are obsessed with this idea as a society that the mother is not the person who birthed you. It's the person that raised you. And I agree with that as a concept, but I think we have moved so far away. Like we've moved so, we've become so, in an attempt to become so tolerant and accepting of certain things and certain family dynamics, we have neglected the reality of other family dynamics and one that we know to be true is that many children that are adopted never quite feel right and they want to be with their biological parents we we just know that to be true and it is not unusual for a teenager especially one that's in kinship care adoption right who's in a family member's care to want to then go be with their biological mother I mean, we see it with teens who are in being raised by their biological parent, but their other biological parent isn't in the picture and they desperately want to go live with them because we know that like we as humans, like most of us, like crave that for whatever reason. And I want to be clear, like I do think if we are looking at who Jace's mother is, like it's Barbara. Barbara is the one that raised him day in and day out, but... Both Barbara and Janelle have always, like, kept this dynamic of Janelle being his mother. 
And he sees Janelle a lot. And he loves Janelle. And has Janelle done a million fucked up things to him? Yeah. The other thing is, it's like, we saw how Janelle was with Jace. And it, I mean, it's possible you watched Teen Mom 2. I would imagine it's very possible you watched Teen Mom 2 since, you know, getting a little older. But he, those are not his memories. We we know what Barbara did day in and day out when Jace was a baby. That's not how kids think. You know, kids don't remember things. I'm constantly, like, saying things to my nieces and they're like, Huh? I don't remember that. And I'm like, bitch, it was two years ago. What do you mean you don't remember it? But then I'm like, oh, yeah, that was one third of your life because you're six. Like, I'm like regularly mentioning things that we have done in the last when I moved since they moved to Virginia in like 2018 and I moved to Pennsylvania. So since 2018, I've been seeing them, you know, six times a year or whatever. And I will like constantly be like, hey, remember when we did that thing in 2020 and they'll be like, no. And to me, that's ins- I'm like, there's no way you don't remember that, though. That doesn't make any sense. But they don't because that's how children's brains work. And so Jay's pro- doesn't have those memories of Janelle screaming at Barb while Barb is holding him and Barb is screaming. Like, that's not what he remembers. He's in the here and now. And he loves his mom. And I'm sure he loves his grandmother. I know he loves. Well, I don't know shit. I would imagine he loves Barbara. And that's why I think he'll go back to Barbara eventually. Um, It's just really fucking hard to be a kid in that situation. And I don't blame him. And I understand why he wants to go live with his mother. And I think that if people would step back and look at it, I think that they would understand too. I think that people are so blinded by their hate for Janelle. They're understandable and rightful hate for Janelle because she is a terrible person. Janelle is awful. Janelle is horrific. And then especially David, like we haven't even talked about David. I haven't even talked about David in these dynamics, basically. I've been only talking about Janelle and Barbara, but David is a huge fucking dog murdering, child abusing figure that's going to be at this home, too. Like, I get why people are like, there is no way he would ever choose to live there. They're like, he, he Jace called mommy and David a piece of shit. Jace was six when he did that. Jace is 14 now. 14-year-olds don't identify with how they felt when they were six. We identify with it because we were adults forming all of these memories. <laughs> and we remember all of this stuff. But Jace has his own personality, his own perspective, and his own memories. And I think that people forget that. And that's always been the case with people on Team Mom, right? Like, we've always done this. We've always held grudges longer than the actual cast members. And I see this all the time. I don't know how anybody could stand to be around Amber. I don't know how anybody could stand to be around Kale. I don't know how anybody could stand to be around Janelle. Kale is a really good one because people are like, I don't fucking know how anybody likes Kale. Fuck her. I don't believe she has friends, except a lot of people seem to like Kale. (laughs) A lot of she has a lot of friends. She has a lot of boyfriends. She's got a lot of long term relationships in her life. So like. People on the cast, like Joe and Javi and all, don't seem to hold the same grudges towards Kale that we do. We need to remember that, that like these are people with real lives <laughs> making real decisions. And I hope for the best with Jace. Um, I hope his physical safety is there. Like, I hope he is safe at Janelle's. Um, I very much worry that he's not physically safe at Janelle's. I can understand, though, why Barbara just agreed to it. 
um, even if she thinks that Jace may not be physically safe. But also, here's the thing. Barbara's always put Jace's, not always, Benar, Benar, Barb has repeatedly put Jace's safety behind her desire to have a relationship with Janelle. You can watch it throughout this show, right? Like, she would repeatedly let Janelle put Jace in unsafe positions um, in an attempt for her and Janelle to be together and to be in a good place and to have a good relationship. And I would not be surprised if that's kind of what's happening again. So, wow, I've talked a lot about Team Mom News, which is good because I don't have that much to say about Family Reunion. <laughs> Let's talk about that. Um, like I said, I watched the rest of the episodes. Here are some thoughts. I think April was very lucky to have gotten COVID. <laughs> oh boy, do I think April was very lucky to have gotten COVID. Uh, because I think April came away from the show actually looking the worst. I do. I think she looked the worst. Because here's the thing. We know Roxanne and Bree and Ashley and T are losers right that engage in loser behavior all of the time they get online they have fights on the show like they're always 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 making their personalities known but april not so much not so much not nearly as much as the rest of the cast has because she's not one she's just not on the show that much she's not on the show nearly as often as roxy and pastor t are do we talk about how Pastor T says she's not a pastor anymore and actually maybe never was and she's not Christian? She's um she's calling herself a Hebrew, which is not great. Uh I'm pretty sure she is getting into some extremist shit based on stuff that her and her daughter Chris have been saying, but whoo, not great, not good. <laughs> Um, they don't like Jewish people. Chris definitely doesn't like jo Jews. She has tweeted about loving Kanye and that the Jews are trying to cancel Kanye. So there's that to keep in mind. <laughs> uh, where was I with that? <laughs> oh, April. We know April was a bad mother, right? But as far as the way that April has been on the show for the last 10 years, we have not really seen her misbehaving. And if anything, we've seen Kate be like, things are so much better. Mom is so much better. So seeing her on the show just be fucking nasty to Kate and also be really drunk, sloppy drunk, was not good. It was not good for her. But she and half the cast went down with COVID. Um, the COVID of it all was very weird. I mean, it wasn't weird, but it made for very weird dynamics and very weird filming dynamics. Uh the person who I thought actually came out of this looking really good was Christy, Jade's mom, which was surprising. <laughs> oh, Christy and her husband are in rehab, apparently. According to Jade, Jade said they went to rehab. I'm hoping MTV paid for them to go to some nice treatment centers. That's really great. Um, Christy had her shit together at this. She made friends with the other moms she had a ton of fun. She wasn't bringing the drama. She seemed to be pretty coherent the whole time. So shout out to Christy, you know, shout out to Christy for doing okay. I would not have guessed that to be the case. 
Um, they've, you know, they talked about Jade's dad committing suicide and Christy not really being there for her. And I think Christy admitted some stuff to Jade, apologized to Jade for her lack of parenting, which I think that we've seen Christy kind of refuse to take accountability for in the past. So that was great. I was really glad to see that. Um, the husbands, like, would show up, the husbands and the boyfriends. I don't know why they weren't just there the whole time. Zach and Cheyenne had an interesting, like, session with Dr. B. By the way, Dr. B is beautiful, and she reminds me of someone, and I can't put my finger on it, and it's driving me fucking crazy. But uh, they had a nice little session in which Dr. B basically said that Cheyenne acts as Zach's mom, which I think is probably true to a certain extent. And I don't think we knew this, but Zach revealed that he was raised by his father and through like ninth grade, he went to his mom's every other weekend. And then she just kind of like dipped out of his life and still is not really involved in his life, which I don't know if it explains so much because I don't feel like we know Zach very well, but I found to be interesting. I was glad to know that because I want to know everything about all of these people. I'm adding that to my Zach dossier. I keep a dossier of everybody I've ever thought about, you know, a mental dossier of all the things that I need to dissect their lives. <laughs> uh, so that that was nice to see. Um, it was really nice to see how good Jade and Sean were doing. I was really I like am continuously proud of Sean. They seem genuinely happy. They're doing well. I hope I hope it stays that way uh, because they're not going to break up would be my guess. So I hope it <laughs> I hope they can stay in a healthy relationship. Who else was on this show? Oh, I thought I mean, I've always loved Tiffany Kaya's mom. That was great. Oh, Kayla got COVID. Kayla and Jamie. So like they weren't on the show. It was the COVID of it all just made, it's like, I couldn't keep track of who had COVID and who didn't and who was there and who wasn't. And Macy called Jen and tried to get Jen to come out. Jen couldn't come, but Jen and Ryan are at the reunion. Now, was this bad time for MTV? Yes, of course. Of course. Does this mean they're filming next chapter? I sure hope so. I sure hope that this is all being filmed. I want to get Mackenzie on camera. Give me Mac Edwards. I want to hear her talk shit on Ryan. Talk about what a piece of shit he is. But at the reunion, basically, Ryan just comes out and is crying about how much he misses Bentley. And Macy's talking about how she regrets not trying harder with Ryan. And I'm like, girl, what? What are you talking about? You didn't try harder with Ryan. All you did was try with Ryan for years. For fucking years. That I found to be very weird, um, but I guess in the context of the Team Mom universe, it was a smart way for MTV to bring the Edwards back. Now, were they unlucky that Ryan happened to be arrested for domestic violence five days before this aired? Sure. Sure, of course they were unlucky about that. <laughs> but in general, I think if that never happened, that would have been a really good way because... We all know that they're not on that show because of Macy. And it would have been really confusing, I think, to just, like, bring them back in. So I think that this was, like, I'm assuming what MTV was trying to do was bridge that gap between them not being on Next Chapter and then them being on Next Chapter. Uh, Jen was, like, crying the whole time. I, 
I just feel so sad for Jen, even though I know that she's probably supporting Ryan through this and she's making terrible, enabling, awful decisions that are hurting her daughter-in-law and hurting her grandchildren and, of course, hurting Ryan in the long run. Um, but I, I just find Jen so sad in a way that I can't fully express because I think Jen just loves Ryan so much and is making so many terrible decisions and I think her life must be miserable. Like, I can't imagine how miserable Jen's life is. Her knowing her son is a violent drug addict must eat at her every second of every day. And that makes me feel sad. It just does. And I know a lot of people don't feel that way. And I get it. She is not an easy character to have empathy for. But I, I just can't help it. Um, I think she genuinely wants her life to be different. And just isn't sure how to get there and doesn't have the capabilities to cut Ryan off. Which is probably what she needs to do. Or at least severely limit the way that she's helping him. Um, if not for Ryan's sake, I think for the sake of the grandkids. And Mackenzie, who is her daughter-in-law. Who has been a part of their family for quite a long time now. You know, so. That was interesting to see them there. I mean, Ryan looked fine. I love that we're saying Ryan relapsed, by the way. Like, people are like, well, he's relapsed since then. I'm like, can you call it a relapse if somebody was ever sober? Because I don't think Ryan's ever... <laughs> I don't know if you can call it a relapse if someone ever actually tried to get sober. I I mean, I think that Ryan has been maintaining for quite a long time. I'm surprised he's not back in rehab, actually. I'm surprised they didn't make him go, the Edwards. You would think that they would make him go, but I guess not. Some other things that happened. Okay, so something that was interesting was on the stage was the first time any of them had rewatched the fight. And right away, everyone's like, Roxanne didn't bump in to T. <laughs> Which I said as well when I watched it. I was like, I didn't see her like push past or bump into T. Um, they... The cast is clearly on Bree's side, and I know a lot of people just don't get it, and I talked about it last time I talked about Family Reunion. They don't like Ashley. They don't like her, because Ashley is fucking mean. Um, we saw in the show when Ashley left, she got, obviously we know Bree and Ashley were fighting on Instagram, and Chris, Ashley's sister, the anti-Semitic one, called Bree's kids mismatched. What? Lit. So Ashley can sit up there on her high horse, but she let somebody come on her Instagram live and talk shit about children without being like, don't say that about the kids, which like is going to put everybody on Bree's side, even if they weren't always, always in these situations. If someone starts talking shit about the kids, the rest of the moms are always going to be turned off by that. And rightfully so, because you know what Bree doesn't do? Get online and talk about Ryder and Ace. She doesn't get online and talk about Veda. You know, she just doesn't do that. It's not what she does and people don't like it and it makes sense. Um, I think that Ashley, Ashley, well, Ashley did confirm she had a miscarriage, which is very sad. I really feel for her. Um, I worry for Ashley. I don't think that she's in a good place. I don't think she's been in a good place for a very long time she is 
really mean on this reunion. And I mean, so is Brie, but in a way, I don't know. I, I don't know why I feel biased towards Brie, but I feel like Brie is very upfront with who she likes and who she doesn't like, and it all makes sense. I can't stand that Ashley acts so fake with it. Ashley will sit there and be like, I don't have a problem with anyone. Nope, I don't have a problem with anyone. But then, like, a minute later, she's calling them dumb bitches. And it's like, well, I think you do have a problem with them. And that's what their the girl's complaint has always been about Ashley. That in person, she'll be perfectly nice. And then randomly, she'll get online and call you a dumb fat bitch. That's another thing. When Ashley went home, she was body shaming Jade online. She was talking shit about everybody else. Like, they just don't like that. And it makes sense to me. Roxanne and... Roxanne was being insane at this reunion, by the way. Um, this is not me. This is not me agreeing <laughs> with Roxanne and Brie because they are so out of control. They're so out of control. As soon as Roxanne watched the footage again, she got up and like stormed out and was like, I'm leaving. I'm leaving. And Brie's like, I have to go with my mom. And they're being so dramatic. And everyone's like, what? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, they finally were like convinced to come back out. And so they did come back out and talk about it. And they were like, we will never, ever be on good terms with Ashley and T. And it's like, okay, whatever. But I mean, I get Ashley. Oh, Ashley also went online afterwards and said that they knew she was pregnant when the fight happened, which they all know is not true. And they said that Roxanne tried to throw a chair at T. And Roxanne did pick up that chair. But they all were there when that happened. And they know she didn't try and throw it at T. So I think that's the issue. I think that they don't like that Ashley always, and I I think that this is true and it's something I've noticed with Ashley is that she goes into victim mode and she's like, well, I'm attacked. So if you want to buck up to me, I'll buck up to you and fight you. Like she always does that. And I think Brie is a lot more straightforward with like, I don't fucking like that bitch. Yeah, I'll try and fight her. Fuck her. Fuck her. Fuck her. And look, I find it to be incredibly off-putting with Brie. I would be fine with Brie not being on the show coming back, although I think she will be. Um, I don't think she'll be off the show, but I I think it was correct that Brie and Roxanne had to leave the reunion. They still have no, no, no idea why they were asked to leave, by the way. They were like, it's bullshit that we had to leave, which is crazy. Brie, you picked up a hydro flask and threw it. You got on that table. You escalated shit. You escalated shit, Brie. Roxanne, you continuously escalate shit. Of course you had to go home. That was infuriating. The fact that they sat there and acted like they had no fucking clue why they were sent home. And they still would take zero accountability for it. But once again, they're just much more straightforward with their behavior in a way that I think is more palpable to the girls around, the cast members around them. And I just think that's how it's always going to be. Um, I I just don't think it's a coincidence that they were all there and they watched it happen and they all think that Ashley and T started it. Like, I, I, I think, though, the issue is that they are not giving any grace to Ashley and they probably should, um... I'm definitely, I mean, I know Ashley was filming recently because she went and bought a wedding dress because she's going to have a wedding with Barr for reasons that are beyond me. But she 
she's filming as far as I know. So I think she's still on the show. I think it's worth keeping her on the show. I, I for one, don't want the cast to be together all the time. I don't care if these casts fucking hate each other. I don't care at all. I really, I really, really, really do not care. So I, I'm like, sure, they can all hate each other. Let's stop having them interact all of the time. That would be fine with me. Oh, one other thing I wanted to comment on. Why are they so weird on Family Reunion with Caitlyn's hosting it? Like, so Caitlyn gets COVID and they're, Kaya's like, okay, I planned something for all of us since Kate is the host and she's sick. And then they show up to Whitewater rafting. Kaya goes, what? I'm hosting what? <laughs> so, like, I don't know. They have to, like, continuously pretend, like, their girls are coming up with the, these ideas. And I'm not sure why. I, I don't get it. They're like, maybe we should go, like, have a session with Dr. B. And I'm like, for what? Why do we have to have a set? Like, why don't you just say the producers want me to meet with Dr. B? That's what we're all fine with that. I don't know. It's very annoying. Um, April did not come to the reunion, which was not surprising to me. <laughs> not surprising to me at all, because I think April knows how she came across. Oh, gosh, that's really it. It Do I think it was worth watching? No. Do I get why people hate Brianna and Roxanne? Yeah. Brianna and Roxanne? Yeah, they're awful. They're awful. And the fact that they, like, couldn't even come into this house and just pretend and be normal is so fucking annoying. And Brie probably shouldn't be allowed to go on these group outings anymore. You know? She probably shouldn't be allowed to go. I'm so confused as to how he got Amber so riled up, but I don't know. Maybe something happened that we just never saw. Oh, and at the end of it, Jade, like, has a panic attack and passes out? <laughs> very weird I have no idea why she's like not even on stage when it happens like Jade had no drama at this reunion it's just it's very very bizarre behavior I think that's it for me this week patreon.com slash Liz explains you can hear more of me next week I'm gonna do another throwback episode hopefully we'll know more about the Jace Janelle situation and I will talk to you then. Have a good week. Bye.